So uh, towards the end of this podcast, are we going to have some sort of outlandish, violent, blood-soaked, crazy scene Mm. or moment or auditory, nasty, you know, do we have any woman whose face we can cave in (laughs) on any sort of a blunt object? Um, no. Because we're a feminist podcast, oh, Jackson, yes, and uh, we believe in female rights to not have their faces caved in. Uh, no, no, I, I think we'll just do something where we kind of rewrite history a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah like we're the number one podcast on yeah. iTunes. Number one downloaded. Number- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, by the way, fans, for making us the most popular uh, podcast on on the internet we are the most downloaded and fastest growing conservative podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> perfect uh that's ben shapiro thank by you the way. thank you tea party members <laughs> um you can send your donations to a couple of dudes at bordenannoyed.com oh, and um, yeah you know we'll see you at the next westboro baptist church rally oh my god what if this is the first one that somebody listens to they're like done <laughs> be great but um yeah we'll take your money we don't care where it comes from here uh but no so i'm jackson uh i am home at the movies and uh this week we were bored and annoyed with quentin tarantino yeah. uh, we're a little late on the hollywood uh once upon a time in hollywood yeah this was uh movie. yeah yeah, this has been out for almost a month. But yes, we both saw it. So we're going to discuss that. Have probably a conversation on him in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but first, the news. The news. Bringing you the most important and the most entertaining news that you will get all day is the movie news with a couple of rabble rousers, Jackson and Home at the Movies. It's bored and annoyed with the news. Uh, so we got a little bit of a trailer time here. I'm not going to put that god awful theme in there it's just i mean you should just put the the bad boys for life theme what are we some kind of bad boys (laughs) but yes we have a bad boys trailer that was released today off the presses i still stick to my guns that they really fucked up by taking this title and not making it the fourth one yeah i don't really understand how do you even do this yeah how do you even come out with a movie named for life in today's day and age one one more time i was surprised when he was like one more time and he's like no for life by the way i believe on that note that uh we discussed the news of the coming to america sequel like a year ago sure uh and i believe that i had said it was come it should be coming to america yeah yeah and i think that's what they named it i think Well, I, I hope read that, that that's, somewhere. I hope that's indicative of the quality of like thought that they're going to put into, you know, I mean, you have to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, bad boys for life. Thoughts on the trailer. I mean, I like bad boys, too. I think I've seen parts. I don't think I've ever sat and watched bad boys. I watched too. that one in the theater. And um at the time okay i didn't have a problem with it okay so you, i cannot finish it to this day at i this feel point. like we probably should do a bad boys revisited i bet you bad boys is better than bad boys too i got yeah because i think i remember liking bad boys but i haven't watched it in forever i think i think uh it's sort of indicative of what happened with michael bay as a director right, he like, just got worse and more ridiculous yeah, well and i think his re- 
ridiculousness was a little bit easier to like people didn't realize that this was all he was going to do for the next 20 years maybe he's kind of he kind of like took like george lucas's phrase like faster and more intense he just he said no uh worse and more ridiculous yeah okay right but yeah i think this movie looks awful yes it looks like a train wreck it looks terrible yeah uh it will probably make a lot of money yeah, I think it's going to be a la the, um, whatchamacallit, the the rock one that just came out. Fast and the Furious? The, the, it's the spin, all the shops and Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, okay. Yeah, I think it'll be akin to that, sadly. <sighs> I mean, I think it'll be worse, won't it? <laughs> like, do you think that this movie hits Rotten Tomatoes like an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes? This is going to be just this is this thing's going to hit a brick wall. I think <laughs> I think this is going to come out and just be a pile of shit. Will China save this one? Do they like bad boys? I have no idea. I don't either. I think that was pre sort of the China boom. So <laughs> pre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're going to be really excited about a new franchise Maybe. to fall in love with. Maybe. But yeah, no, I'm not excited for this. I if it we, wasn't for this podcast, I would probably skip this movie. Oh, absolutely. Maybe we will. Who knows if we'll see this. <laughs> but maybe we'll make that a um That could be a fun episode though, the Bad Boys trilogy. Ooh. Ooh, that sounds like torture. I mean, I remember Tia Leone was it was Tia in the first Leone. one. That yeah. was the first time I remember ever seeing her. It's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, we got another trailer, the Mandalorian trailer that now we're going to the other side. This looks like the best Star Wars thing in forever. It, yeah. it looks amazing. It might be the best Star Wars thing since Return of the since Jedi. Return of the Jedi. It could yeah. be. It, it looks great. It I'm, really does look great. I love I do love the look of it. Um, I will say my only it's not really a detraction it's just kind of like tempering expectations but we only really hear one line in the whole thing which it is the just guy has the end. that look that gritty old school yeah. tattooing you know look to well, it well it's kind of like what we've always wanted out of a space western it's got the look of a space it's western true. it does which is my favorite part of Star Wars. Yeah, it so. does look it looks really good. I'm pumped. I like Pedro Pascal too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped for that. Good one. cast, good directors, good writers. So hopefully should be great. Uh, Disney is going to be hitting the ground running with their uh, streaming service. Now, they are doing weekly episodes, right? They're not unloading. Oh, whole, is that really I think what that's they're planning? with all their shows. That's I think that's the plan. a good idea. And then Netflix now said they're going to start doing that with some shows as well it keeps people one i think there are a lot of shows that really do not benefit from a stream uh or binge viewing you're probably right uh and two it makes people have to stay that well that's just it they don't have like the netflix amount of content so you know depends on how much they're adding from their back catalog I mean, either way, yeah. there's going to be a point where it's like, you know, it's not like Netflix where you can just sit there and there's all all this fucking shit from today through, you know, the 50s or whatever. It's constantly you don't even know what to do with yourself sometimes. Well, and the the prop, see, there there are two sides to that same coin, which is. One, they don't have all of that. But two, you don't have to sift through. Well, that's better. I'm saying, though, but but I'm saying it might not work for them to. Okay, we're just going to unload offload full seasons of shows. Like when you finish watching The Mandalorian, what do you you don't have? Right. Exactly. So 
So yes, it will keep people around. Yeah. Uh, but I'm can, planning on purchasing the damn thing. I have to. Which, by the way, shout out to Red Letter Media. Their latest new nerd crew uh-huh. episode handled the whole streaming. Did it? Oh, yeah. And it's like they, they go into this whole parody of like, up the, now they're announcing the General Mills Ugh. streaming <laughs> service. And they just go. It's really fucking funny. It, it is. There's, there's. It's getting to be ridiculous. Too many. Yes. Um, but we've, it's nothing new. We've already been dealing with the fracturing of audiences for the better part of two decades now. The problem is I'm just looking down the pike and I'm like, oh shit. Well, the stand is coming to CBS all access. So I'm Mm going to have to watch that. Um, if that's a weekly episode thing, I'm Mm going to be annoyed because I have to pay for like two months of it. Right. Instead of just, okay, I can do the free trial for a week. (laughs) Watch the whole fucking thing at once. Check out what else they got and then leave. Right. But I think that they're going to have to start doing this weekly thing because it's just it's too easy to take advantage of. Okay, I have one show on this network that I want to watch. HBO. Yeah, right. I mean, right. There's really not much on there that I I mean, there's there's there are like there's Curb and there's uh, 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 Silicon Valley. You know, right. there's little things here and there. Well, but. and HBO, that's a perfect example, though, because you can't if you wanted to be in on the cultural moment, you had to pay because yep. a week long trial wasn't going to get you through a full season of Game of Thrones. Exactly. So exactly. Uh, so there's that. We do have one last piece of Star Wars uh, uh, trailer time business. The new Rise of Skywalker trailer. Yeah, and the poster with the uh, the Palpatine toy that is superimposed in the background. And, you know. Here's the thing. This is why I love the Internet, that there are people out there who are willing to put in the time <laughs> to find out if a toy is photoshopped into a poster. Like somebody was somebody like, hey, I recognize that smirk that he's is, making. I have that. That toy. is on my shelf. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, if you Google the latest Rise of Skywalker poster, um, there's like a superimposed uh, picture of Palpatine, the emperor in the background. And somebody deduced that. uh it is actually a still image of like one of those like hot toys, like expensive model toy images. Mm. And it is funny because it truly I mean, it's unmistakably that's what it is. Right. Um, but yeah, that not a good look. I mean, no. it just looks I'm just looking at it now like it would be something neat if I created this and like put it up like, you know, uh, right. Like as my desktop wallpaper or something. <laughs> but yeah not a good look but there was new footage um i mean is there anything there that gets you excited i mean i'm excited to see what they do i guess i am a star wars fan so i'm naturally excited about that Mm -hmm. i'm excited to see palpatine if he wasn't in it i wouldn't be nearly as excited but the fact that he's in it has me excited even though i know that that's just a play for my excitement right it works because i know when his character shows up he's probably gonna just just based on his character be the best part of the movie um yeah i'm I'm intrigued let's put it that way what i At the time when we see it, I think I'm going to really have to judge if this is fan service for fan service sake oh, it or is. if they find it. <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely is. I'll be interested to see if they can find a narrative reason 
for it to be there and not have it feel forced. That's a good point. Because ooh, forced. Mm. Uh, uh, that's a good point though, because just because it's fan service doesn't mean it's bad. I right. mean, I would say The Force Awakens was good fan service, yeah. well done, well yep. put together. I thought it was a good movie. Endgame has a lot of fan sure. service, but it's all built up to, so it, it works. Right, but yeah, so that is an interesting thing. If they can make this work and have him worked back into the narrative somehow that makes sense and it's, you know, I don't even care too much about how much sense it makes. It just needs to be fun. Mm. Like, but the thing, the thing about the trailer that is concerning though is like i'm watching my protagonist and antagonist fight yeah and i'm just sitting there thinking like i don't care Care. about this at all i don't care who wins really i don't have any sort of emotional attachment to like you planted a seed to make me care in the first one and then in the second one it was just obliterated completely obliterated it's why um it's why the original trilogy works so well. Could you imagine like seeing a Return of the Jedi trailer after Luke's Luke yes. gets his ass Correct. handed to him? Right. The by final Vader. showdown is going to happen, yeah. and I'm excited to see what happens. I'm because nervous your for... protagonist has been shown to not be the equal, right? And you get the idea that maybe some time has passed. You know what is happening? What could happen now? Here, it's like Ray already kicked his ass, and and. And he's been fooled like a dummy in the second one. And he, well, he's just not an imposing villain. He was interesting in the first one. There was an interesting little hook. Right. And they kind of abandoned it. But anyways, the thing that I'm absolutely just baffled by is the internet's obsession with Dark Ray and Sith Ray. I don't understand how anyone sees that and immediately leaps to, oh, she's turning evil. I don't, that's not what I saw. Just, I see. Oh, she picked up. Uh, well, she does web. have a dark look in her eye. She looks a little. Oh, uh, she, she looks a little pissy, piss, pissed off. I mean, I, I okay. think it looks okay. Either way, there's no way they'll turn her bad, is there? Well, I don't think that there is. And would it would it be any? It wouldn't be good if they did. No. at this point. Well, that's my thought. Is like this feels like trailer bait. Like, we're just we're just here to like, ooh, we got to fight. It's like they had to try and find a hook to bring people in. Like, the emperor wasn't enough. Ray might be bad. Well, and they can't show the emperor. They got to no. they got to make you wait to see him. Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't the, the, the whole red lightsaber thing, the yeah. double that doesn't do anything for mm. me. Uh, at all. Th- colors. Colors. Red Nothing. is evil. Yeah. No. Unless Didn't you, you fucking well, and, and Vader's fucking breathing is in the trailer too. Yeah, I mean, are we just using that as like a stock sound effect? I, thought, I, I, I mean, half of the new footage was just old footage reminding you that you love Star Wars. Right. So it is just a giant nostalgia play. Anyways, was there prequel footage in there? I think there was. Okay, because I, I forgot I watched about it. it the one time. And you I didn't was like, go home and analyze every no, moment I wasn't, of the trailer? I wasn't looking for like a, like a something that I could circle and put like a clickbait article on saying okay. like 20 things you missed in the new Star Wars trailer. Yeah, well. I mean, how could you miss anything? It's, it's pretty fucking obvious everything that's there. I mean, it's coming. I'm. It's coming a few months from now. I'm not excited, like at all. 
yeah, I w- I was really excited for The Last Jedi, so I'm really pissed that I'm not more <laughs> excited for this. I really am. I'm yeah. upset about it. I, you know, it's sad to me that a Disney Plus streaming television show <laughs> has me more excited than a major motion picture. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can do go right into that. We got some D D23 news. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan show. See now, okay. I hope that this is terrible. I really? hope this is done in the style of the prequels. Ooh. I think you bring George in to direct a few episodes because <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work for me to like if Obi-Wan played by Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. is in some gritty, realistic looking Star Wars universe. I feel like my brain will break inside of my skull. Because he was in the campy, terrible Because he's prequels? in a green screen bonanza. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it would work. Also, I don't understand. Like, you have to retcon his story if you're going to do a show. Because all he did was sit on the fucking Tatooine and do nothing but stick his thumb up his ass for 20 years. Right. He did I mean, nothing. Right. The only thing, like I said, I, I, we have to have touched on this already. The only thing that I can think of is like. Somebody sends a bounty hunter, finds out that like Darth Vader's kid is there and they're like, oh, we'll kidnap him for financial gain or whatever. Okay. And Obi-Wan has to like do something to stop them. That's about the only thing that I can think of. And nobody tells Darth Vader this. Yeah. Like a, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> Darth doesn't it. know. Yeah. I mean, sure. I still say the story is supposed to be that he just sat there he bored sat there. for 20 years, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, oh, or, he, or, he or sat there could... bored for 20 years and aged 60 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, You're not but I will say still kind of excited to see Ewan as Obi-Wan again. I guess what you could do, too, is you could do him learning things about the force in it. I mean, with Qui-Gon. I, yeah. With Liam Qui-Gon? In it? I mean, you could do that. You did have that one throwaway line at the end of Revenge of the Sith that, that made no sense at all. It made me really happy. Because <laughs> I was like, hey, oh, we could see hey, him eventually. I don't know my own mythology. I'll write this line. And even though Qui-Gon didn't disappear and become one with the force when he died, we burned his corpse. Unlike the other characters who we've seen. Who who literally physically fade away yes. into nothingness. Although does Darth, I guess we don't know about Darth Vader, right? Because it's kind of just his helmet and his uniform that we see. Although he does drag his no, he doesn't. You don't see him drag his dead body onto the ship. But Darth we, Vader, yeah. I don't think disappeared either. That's true. So basically, George Lucas just does whatever he wants without any thought or concern of the the sense that his you know mm. the, the past. It's like it's like the retconning. Of, you know, faster and more intense. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, anyways, we don't need to talk for too long about that. But no, I'm excited. I am intrigued, though. How are you? How do you do this? What Mm. is your style? You know, what's Mandalorian style? Oh, God. (laughs) They're all just Mandalorian (laughs) style. One guy deserts. That's it. It's all you need. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just go out to the desert, shoot out on location desert. I, I just, you know, throw a bone to Georgie boy. Just let him come back and create some ridiculously nonsensical you know, George, Obi-Wan show. George was really good. Like uh, uh, Joseph Campbell. 
Yeah, you know, just like, telling someone else like the story, like hitting the story beats and all yes. that. If you take the prequels and you write out just a basic outline and you go, okay, well, there's political intrigue and there's this, you know, maybe, okay, we'll leave the midi-chlorians out of it. Yeah. A uh, few things here. If he just handed that to someone mm-hmm. and said, hey, this is my story. You know, hey, Lawrence Kasdan, he would have done a fine job. A couple you know? things need to be tweaked, like Anakin being eight years old and Padme being right. like 16. That was well, a- or you just make the focus more on Obi-Wan and choose to have like that yeah. as your centric, you know, yeah. car- I don't know. But-, but but the original trilogy, he really sort of followed the traditional hero's journey. And then in the in the new ones, he sort of didn't well he thought he was doing like the inverse of the hero's journey yeah like how you become the bad guy yeah but you need like a main protagonist character that people care enough about to have their turn be surprising and shocking yeah you know and it just yeah they didn't do that so yeah yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's see. More D23 news. We got some um, little posters and stuff for the Marvel TV shows. I saw that. Uh, Anthony Mackie says he's not going to be Captain America. He's Falcon. Okay. So, I mean. It, I, I like I, that better. I've always thought that that was going to be the purpose of the show is them finding out, like, Bucky finding out if he wants to be Cap or not. Falcon dealing with maybe you know, being chosen. They need to just be themselves, mm. you know, stop, stop trying to live in the shadow of, well, that's of the Captain thing is Steve America. Rogers is a way better person than either of them. That's the plot. They're, yeah. they're trying really hard through the first few episodes. How do we pick up the man? Right. You know, and no, they, they realize over time, the arc is that, you know what? We can't keep trying to be, you know, uh, Mr. Rogers. We have to just be ourselves. Right. Uh, but we also have Kurt Russell's son is joining the show as a oh, character. from uh, uh, the the Nazi zombie Overlord. movie. Yes. Yeah. He's joining it as a character who in the comics is known as a U.S. agent. OK. He's basically a Captain America, but kind of crazy and a little nationalistic. Sounds fun. So I think the idea is you might have a government appointed Captain America and then like the one that Steve wanted and you might be dealing with. Got it. Yeah. You know, so I kind of like that. That'll be a fun I like little, him. I like as an actor. Yeah, I've seen him in. Uh, he was in, I think, an episode of Black Mirror. OK, he's pretty good in that. Uh, let's see. We got a picture of Vision and Wanda or WandaVision. Sorry. Oh, is that like the old school looking picture? Yeah. It looks like they're like in the 50s or something. Yep. It's exactly what I was hoping for. I'm actually really pumped for this i think it'll be fun uh and then we got some concept art of the eternals okay so they look pretty sweet uh i love the look of the celestials and the last thing from that one is we got kit harrington is joining the mcu don't give a shit not excited about this don't care kit not the greatest actor just go away kit not the greatest actor He better not get his own movie. That's all I'm saying. We did forget one last piece of trailer time stuff. That awesome one with uh, Amelia Clark and the Asian guy from Crazy Rich Asians. 
Oh, no. Christmas and whatever, or the, the oh romantic. Oh, my God. I actually did see that. Oh, my goodness. It does look terrible. Yes, it looks I terrible. I don't know if we necessarily cover that on our there podcast. There have been a few trailers in the last few months that, like, I feel like gave me cancer when I watched them because they're so bad. You had that one, the Charlie's Angels, and now this Bad Boys one. Yeah. And I'm just, I can't take it anymore. Which one's going to be worse, Bad Boys or Charlie's Angels? Charlie's Angels has yeah. to be. I, I I could be uh, I could be wrong. There's another closet. I could be wrong because if you were one of those people that was like into that whole thing, I feel like the Bad Boys trailer looks like it was made for TV mm. garbage. But. The worst thing was when I went to the theater this week. I heard somebody say after that trailer, the Charlie's Angels. Yeah, that looks really good. And this man was like 65. A man. Seven. Oh, see, look at me. To 70. I, was, I was making an assumption based on content. I shouldn't do that. I apologize to men and women everywhere. I mean, you shouldn't assume anyone would make that statement. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I'm disappointed in all of you. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I was talking about the new Dark Fate Terminator Dark oh, Fate yeah, trailer. Yeah. So, more Terminator. Uh, Ah, I just can't get excited about this at all. It had better music and the action looked better to me. I feel like what they showed at first almost felt unfinished. Yes. The first couple trailers. Yeah. But this one looks better. I'm still not sold on the movie like at all. Right. But it looks better than it did before. Okay. Now it just looks like unoffensively unnecessary. Yeah. Well, I mean. I still am trying to figure out how the fuck Arnold is, like, back. is back and he's living in a cottage somewhere. Well, yeah. well, now that he busted out the line, do you believe in the fight, Sarah? <laughs> um, now that he busted that out, I'm thinking your whole it's the Independence Day. They're the same series. He's bouncing around on the satellites. Ah, yeah. I think you might be right. onto yep. something because uh, he seems to know Sarah. Yeah, I think he knows them. So that was the impression I got from the moment. Like somehow, yeah, yeah he got beamed up. His consciousness yep. lives somewhere <laughs> and he's back. I'm back, which I feel like you almost need to do because you can't do the OK, we need to he needs to learn who he is again. Right. You know what I mean? You almost have to have him have an understanding of who it's, he is. It's at true. This point. When you think about where the series is at this point, we don't have time in the the audience doesn't have the patience for right. that again. Correct. So, yeah, no, you're right. So he has to. How they're going to make that happen, <laughs> I think will be really indicative of the quality of the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm expecting it to be pretty bad. Yeah. So, uh, And then I'd say the last thing that we have for news is that the Joker is getting just pretty, pretty rave reviews. Pretty rave reviews. Now, there are some people who are just full on not liking the movie. It's like an 80 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. 88 or 89. Okay. Uh, but everybody says Joaquin is great. Yeah. So we all expected that. Yeah. I mean, depending on how you feel about whatever type of portrayal of this mm -hmm. character it is, he's going to do it well. Um, I'm still just concerned because, uh, yeah. And somebody actually, I mentioned this already this week, that Pet Cemetery screening in Austin oh, or right. whatever. It's South by Southwest. Yeah. Fucking came out with like a 90 plus percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. One week after release, it's rotten at like 50 percent or something. Yeah. So temper your expectations, people. And no, but I'm not trying to be like, uh, 
you know, Debbie Downer right. or whatever. But this guy did make the Hangover trilogy. Yeah. Um, Todd Phillips. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just telling you people. Yeah. We'll see. So the, the couple things that shocked me were the top critics. It's closer to like a 50-50 liked it and disliked it. Okay, so it's the fanboy collider type critics who are who coming are out and kind loving, of loving this thing. it. Yeah. Okay. And what I'm wondering is because some of the criticism now, some of them We're down to eighty three percent, by the okay. way. Okay. So we'll see. This is gonna I think it's gonna be a magnificent performance. I, I I just can't see how it couldn't be. But some people are saying, you know, it's 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 the lesser parts of greater movies like King of Comedy or Taxi Driver. Okay. Um so it that, looks I'm intrigued by hell by the trailer. Yes. It looks like something I will enjoy. I will say we did get a new trailer during our little break. We did. And I am I'm a little bit more cautious now. Okay. And it's not due to the reviews. It was due to like I was like mm. I and maybe it's just I need to get over my rigid sort of thought of how a Joker movie should be done because of my comic lore sure. yeah. history. Um cuz maybe the movie is just great on its own. Right. Who cares know? if it follows? Yeah. yeah. So but I I'm, I'm I'm tempering my expectations. You know, it's funny you mention that because I did like the newest trailer, but I it feels like they're holding back on what they're showing us. Like mm. I still feel like I know nothing about this besides he's a mopey, depressed guy who snaps and becomes a criminal. That's right. all I know. And, and there wasn't really there's not a lot of action they've shown. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm fine with no action in a Joker movie. No. Yeah. Perfect. Character piece is fine with me. The thing that has me interested and we'll probably have a discussion about this when the movie comes out is some people are saying that this could be an incel, you know, patron saint, the patron saint of incels. Okay. And some people are saying this is maybe dangerous water to tread with a movie. Okay. So I'm kind of looking at it and saying, I'll see. I will watch the movie and see what I think. Um, I tend to err on the side of like, okay, well, video games don't make people violent. It's a movie. Right? It's a movie. Of course, I did say about that, whatever, Red State, Blue State or whatever that fucking movie was. Um, I was like, you know, maybe we oh, need to be. Oh, 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 the uh, the one where they hunt the the, the elitists yeah. or hunt the, the despicables. Hunt the de 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 deplorables. Deplorables, whatever. Despicables. <laughs> Despicable me three. Hillary 2020, the despicables. despicables. Right. Yeah. But no, I. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I get I get so cautious about. um when we start worrying about shit like that, like right. it's all okay. So if you've heard that already, then I just feel like we can expect it's going to be sort of stupid internet movement to be, you know, before the movie comes out, there's already people talking about that. I don't right. know. Right. Well, that's, well, what worries me is that it's going to be on both sides. Yeah. I'm you're probably that. right. Because everybody sticks to all the idiots fucking, you know, sit there and, and, you know, have to take their positions and bitch at bicker at each other right. online behind their, you know, YouTube screen names. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
But anyways, I think that's it. Do you want to go into our main topic? Yeah. Uh, speaking of violence in, in film yeah. and, and people being upset about... Speaking about one of the most violent <laughs> and influential filmmakers ever, Tarantino. I've watched his movies since I was like 13, 14. I never killed anybody. You never accidentally blew someone's head off in the back of the car. Or, never called a black person or, the N-word. Or uh, slammed a woman's head against a, you know, a, uh, a brick wall. Uh, yeah. or, I've never done any of that stuff. So, you know, maybe that argument that video games make people violent I is bullshit. I think it's bullshit, but yeah. whatever. I mean, it's not like we've been having literally the same fucking argument since Tipper Gore in the yeah, 90s. Right. Motherfuckers, this needs to fucking yeah, I know, stop. It really just needs, yeah. Yeah, just ban it all, please. Yeah, just save the save the world. 1984, just whatever. Everything's censored. Yeah, but yeah, so we're going to talk Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. So um, little history with me and Quentin Tarantino. I am very like up and down on him. I'm like, sure. I'm very bipolar as far as my, you know, light loving of Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino shit mm-hmm. to the point where when people told me the hateful eight was bad. And I heard that from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it's bad. I did not see it. Yeah. And I go see just about everything. And I was like, you know what? I don't really feel like seeing this. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know what this is going to be. I saw the trailer. I don't need to see this. Right. So I made a point of going and watching that this mm-hmm. weekend before I went and saw Holly, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I was also not excited to see, sure. by the way. Yeah. I think the hateful eight might be like one of those little niche masterpieces. Mm-hmm. I mean, I fucking loved it. It's like 12 angry men. Only it's got blood and gore and fucking really outlandish out there performances by pretty much everyone in the fucking movie. Yeah. Everyone's brilliant in it. Yeah. I thought I, you people who don't like this movie, Send me a message, tweet, whatever you need to do. I want to know how the hell anyone doesn't like this thing. Explain your position. Right. I'm very surprised. Yeah. I'm very surprised because like my brother told me this sucked. mm -hmm. Um, I've heard from people that it's boring. Yeah. I don't think it's boring at all. I think you have to be interested in characters. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I think some people I think some people watched Kill Bill. Or they watched Pulp Fiction and they thought that they were going to get that sort of fast paced kind of movie. And it's not. I had a very similar situation with that movie, which was, yeah, I had a friend say it's boring. Now, I should have known based on who the friend is because he likes explosions. Ah, I know who the friend is. Yeah. And he's like, he said that was boring. He said it was boring. And, And I was like, all right, well. You know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Inglorious Bastards. It's a good movie. It's just not one of my favorites of his. Inglorious Bastards was like the turning point for me where I was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with them. I'm just I felt like that's another one where uh, spoilers for Mm -hmm. what I'm going to say later about the newest movie where it was like there's so many good parts. Mm -hmm. But as a whole, that movie just doesn't like it doesn't gel for you. No. Yeah. No. Um, Which is shocking because it starts off with that great Christoph Waltz. And it's one of the best scenes in the last yeah, it's 20 amazing. Years. It's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing piece of. But uh, yeah, film. sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. But no, I, I had the same uh, exact thing, and I watched it on Netflix probably three, four months ago, something like that. 
I really dug uh, 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 Hateful Eight. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, every, like you said, every performance is great. Um, it moves at a really nice clip. There's there's tension throughout the whole thing. The the characters, the casting, yeah. every character is like the the okay. We want to make the be- make Tim Roth or or Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. What's the best way we could possibly use them? Walter Goggins. Walter, well, yeah, Wal- Walton or Walter. Walton. Walton. Well, one I of think it's, Walt, it's one of them. It's but Walt. he's great. Yeah, everyone. And this is what's interesting too, because I know you typically hate this, but it works in this movie. And I agree with you. When everything is poison in the movie, when everyone's a piece of shit. Yeah, like when there's just no, there's typically that doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know why it fucking works I, I th- great in this because everyone it, is a monster. I think it works in this because you're meant to. So some of them are pieces of garbage, but they have a certain charisma that makes you like them. Sure. Yeah. You, you find them entertaining. But there's also the idea of since everybody's a piece of garbage, you have no idea who to trust, which means the situation in the movie as far as. What's poisoned? Who did it? Why did yes. they do it? All of that has a now a heightened intrigue because it's nobody, very fun yes. to try and figure it out yes. as it's going. I, I freaking I do. I the more I talk about it, the more I like that I movie. I think it's yeah. I thought it was amazing. Dude. Now I, on Tarantino himself. Yeah. Well, when I when I watched, so I didn't see Reservoir Dogs first. I saw Pulp Fiction first. Right. That's most people. I would say. Yeah. And. It was like a shot to the system. It was something I'd never seen before. And I still will argue that you will never see a movie like a Tarantino movie because Tarantino is a way of writing dialogue, writing characters, writing. He sometimes will abandon the three act structure. And I think he's one of the few people that can do that well. Um, And I think in our generation, he makes movies for the ADD generation. If, if the second that you might be getting a little bored, here's a little backstory. Here's a little side thing. Here's this. Here's that. Everything. He talks about how like he 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 creates the world at, like so he knows answers to questions that aren't even asked in the movie. But he knows character backstory. He knows what sure. they, you know, he knows everything about these movies. And I feel like you feel that in the movies because everything feels so real and well realized. Yeah, I. OK. I don't think his latest movie is for the ADD generation. I think it's an ADD person's nightmare. Personally, I, I think. I th- okay, it's a very specific kind of ADD. You have to be a <laughs> you, you have to be a film junkie. Okay, um, and I think. I think you have to be the specific ADD in that you can zone on something. There, there are two kinds. There's the person who like needs constant stimulation. Sure. And then there's the person who, if you get them in front of something that they like, they will just zone and they can literally like put everything else out. Okay. And I think if you are a film junkie, you will do that with this movie. Okay. Because one, there, there's satire of old Hollywood, but there's also, you know, homages and like kind of a, a reverence for it. I felt like it was like a goodbye to old Hollywood. Yes. Like, a, yeah. It, well, are we just going to get into the movie now? Do you want to? Yeah. I mean, well, first off, let's just because I feel like we can't talk about this. I My general thoughts on the movie mm-hmm. are it's fine. Like okay. there, I respect the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to sit here and shit on it. This is like my version of you talking about like hereditary. Right, or right, right. Um, I don't know. 
I I guess I would have to. I, I just saw it two days ago. Mm-hmm. I would have to really sit and think about like what the point was mm-hmm. outside of okay, I love old Hollywood. This will be neat. I'm interested in this subject, so we'll place a story here mm-hmm. and just have shit happen. Uh, I love the ending of the movie. Yes. Uh, but the, and there's bits that I really really liked. But as I'm sitting there watching the movie, I'm taking the journey with the characters. Right. I'm trying to figure out what the point is, what the plot is, yeah. why certain things are the way they are, and I don't think I ever figured it out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> honestly, I, I I kind of agree to a certain point in that I don't really know what the point is. <laughs> Good, but I'm it glad. was but it was a journey that I enjoyed taking. It was fun. Yeah, I wasn't bored um, ever. Well, that's the thing. It's like the first I want to say 25 minutes. I smiled throughout the whole damn thing because there's references to old movies. There's just the way he shoots things. There's there's cameos there. Everything. I just I the way that people talk in the movie i just love how he writes dialogue yeah every and 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 the thing is is like you know it could be like a tim burton type thing where everything feels every kind of movie that he makes feels the same i don't feel like that at all no no especially after watching the hateful eight probably 12 hours before i went and saw this i i was I okay. I wasn't excited to see this. Mm-hmm. I watched Hateful Eight, got super excited. Yeah, and then I went and saw this, and I was like, "This just doesn't even come into the same stratosphere mm. for me." As far as like character interaction, dialogue, making me like really hang on every moment of the movie, it was just too all over the place with things that were happening for me to feel as invested. Now. There are great like conversational bits in the movie, right? Um, especially with Leo's character and him kind of like feeling like he's failing as an actor and slipping or whatever. I love Leo's character and Brad Pitt's dynamic. Sure, they were it's, good. It's one of my. It's. I mean, it's what the whole movie is centered around. Yeah, kind of. But then it does all this random shit it do, it where does it's do, like, well, what the fuck? Well, that's kind of why I think it's not called like, you know, I forget his Leo character. and whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It sort of deals with like it deals with the city because like, OK, we'll just get into specific scenes. Margot Robbie plays uh, Sharon Tate. Yes. And she just goes to a theater. Yeah. And that's one scene. And I kind of love it because it's like at that time. That and and, and, and nobody gives, knows who she nobody is. Nobody knows right. who she is, and it gives you that feeling of like this is what Hollywood is. Like you are in that town, you get to go and you get to go see a movie for free because you're in the movie, and they have pictures of people who are in movies, and you know, right? Well, and it's funny because that's a perfect example. Like on its, its own, on I its like own. that. Yeah. If I saw that as like a little trailer for the movie, yeah, I'd I'd really like that. But yeah. then I'm sitting there and I'm like. How much time was spent on that? Right. What is the what is the purpose as far as the narrative, the story that the movie is trying to tell? But again, you're right. The movie kind of fucks with you and challenges you because there isn't an easy to follow standard. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a nice flashback with Brad Pitt on the roof, which kind of comes out of nowhere. 
Yeah, where he when he's fixing the satellite dish yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's a few things like that, and, and they're just. And the thing is, that's why I say it is kind of like an eighty th- because it's like, oh, he's going to go and fix the thing. Oh, here's a flashback. Oh, by the way, it has Bruce Lee in it. Right, and it's just it's peppered. Like if you understand film history or even just just pop culture history for like the last 50, 60 years. Oh yeah. He even gets into like spaghetti Westerns yes. and stuff. And you're right. Because if you don't understand that, what a spaghetti Western is, yeah. you don't really get that reference in the movie. So yeah. a lot of people probably went and saw this and were just completely turned off. Yeah. I like, I had a fun time watching the movie. I think a lot of it was like, it's funny. Cause like I said, I'm bipolar with this mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino. So I was like, Yes. Yes. Now He's all back, of a sudden, because <laughs> he hit he hit on two in a row for me. Django and then Django and Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. I think, and this is, I mean, don't crucify me, people, but I think the Hateful Eight might be my second favorite, or Ooh. even my favorite Tarantino movie. Jesus, it's really good, dude, um, and it's different because it, it's you know what I discovered as mm. I was watching it too. Mm. I was thinking to myself like. I think I like the more dialogue-driven Tarantino shit. Like, Mm. uh, everybody, I feel like you tell people that Reservoir Dogs is your favorite Tarantino movie, and they kind of look at you like you're an ass. Mm. But then I think about, like, scenes in Reservoir Dogs. Like, uh, to me, my favorite Tarantino scene of Mm. all time is them sitting at the diner and arguing over whether you tip, like, fast food workers. Right. And I just... You know, right. that to right. me is like a perfect fucking scene. And right. that is what he does best. You right. know, right. So, well, and that's that's kind of what this kind of movie is. But this movie had it's why I liked it so much is that it had these homages. It had these nice dialogue pieces, but it also had these like really intense, great performance bits. These this kind of great insight into like an aging actor. Sure. Um you had a great performance out of Leo. Maybe one of my favorite performances from him ever. Could have been his best. Per- well, this and The Aviator are my two I favorite I still haven't Leo seen The Aviator. That's great. Um, but uh, I really loved him in this. Uh, and you've got these great little scenes like when Brad Pitt, and we'll just get into spoilers now. Spoilers. What, what's your grade? My grade is an A+. I loved this movie. Really? I absolutely fucking love Now, it might lower upon repeat viewings, but for a first time, it's the happiest about I've been coming out of the theater an all year. A plus for this. Yes. Besides Endgame, it's the happiest I've come out of a theater all year. An A plus for this. I I'm, I'm surprised. I gotta say I'm surprised. It. I, I thought it was, loved it. I thought it was pretty good. I'd give it like a B minus. B minus. Yeah. No, I was, yeah. I was going to say I can. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm only giving it a B minus because I can't like it's very hard for me to digest and I can't mm. pinpoint what I didn't like about it. Well, I can. I can't. I can't. Um, uh, I can't like explain how. Um, I had so many scenes that I really liked and still was not like, right. like there's, you know, you've talked about narrative thrust. There's no narrative there's, thrust it's in this. It's devoid of it. It has none. But if Up you're, until the third act. Right. But, and that's one of those things where, you know, somebody would say, Alex, you're such a hypocrite. hypocrite. Well, you are. And I would say, <laughs> I think it depends on how much you're actually invested in the characters. If you're enjoying the journey, 
the narrative thrust is just spending more time with the characters. So it's like rolling around in the country with no destination and you're yeah. just listening to your music it's and like smoking those goddamn, pot or whatever. Yeah, those goddamn Sunday drivers who drive 50 <laughs> in a 55. Those 16-year-olds who have no other place to go but yeah. to smoke pot except for drive around in the country. And, and you talk about dialogue and there is just such great dialogue in this and such nice insights into the human condition. And I love the scene when Brad Pitt goes to to the Manson farm. That's one of the best scenes in the movie because it's the only time that I actually had to like scoot up in my chair and be worried that something was going to happen. Oh yeah, it's 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 the That's tension it. is palpable. Right. Um, well, and at the end, there there's tension, and we're in spoilers now. Sure. Okay. Well, there's tension at the end, but it's such cartoony Tarantino esque violence that mm. it doesn't. It's not real tension. You're just kind of laughing at what's happening. Oh, and that's why I loved it. I, but yes, I want to say the thing that makes the Brad Pitt bit so great for me is the fact that we've got a Western actor. And now we're in a Western in real life and modern times sure. with Brad Pitt. And that was a nice dichotomy to have. Um, I loved the ending because it requires you to have that knowledge that Sharon Tate was murdered by the Manson right. family. Uh, you have to have that knowledge to understand. And they, he uses film language to make you understand that, like, this is important. You've got the voiceover by Kurt Russell uh, basically timing everything out. She went to this diner at this time. They went to this diner at this time. Felt goofy and out of place to me. I loved it because it felt like one of those like. Right. I, I understood where he was going. Yeah. For. And, you know, it's like, oh, shit. OK, this is the time. And once you understand that historical context, I feel like the second that comes in, because stylistically it is different than what everything else was in the movie up to that point. 100%. And I think that was 100% intentional because of that. And then you get into all of a sudden they break into the house. And it's just a blast. And it's absolutely <laughs> fucking great. Hilarious. It's fucking Brad hilarious. Brad Pitt is tripping on an acid dipped cigarette. And it just... The second that he laughs when he's like, oh, that was something stupid. Like, yeah, right. Like Rex. No, oh, attacks. Oh. And he just starts busting a gut and they all start busting a gut. I'm like, everything's going to be okay. They're all, they're all fucked. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh, man. And that was some of the best violence I've seen. It was pretty good. In, I, 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 I couldn't say more good things about the ending. Right. The whole ending I thought was great. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I get a little tired of the drug references in his movies, too, which I think was another reason why the Hateful Eight and his, the the last few he's made really have kind of toned down on that. Yeah. But like, I i don't know. I just associate him with drugs in my head. Because oh, really? Of Pulp Fiction. Is, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, the Pulp why. Fiction one is intense. Yeah. But yeah. But I just feel like uh, I get. Yeah. He's a cool filmmaker. He makes like hip shit. Uh, this one is is not in my upper echelon of his titles mm -hmm. this one would be closer to or this one is better i thought than that than inglorious bastards mm -hmm. um but i'm not it's not I, I know people think it's brilliant i i just love it i just love it do you want to like okay we can we can wind down with this movie sure. but uh and if you guys want more talk on tarantino we can we can do that oh yeah we time. can but Real quick, top like top four 
Just pick four Tarantino movies. Oh, God. I would say, I mean, you've got uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs, Hateful Eight, Pulp Fiction, and Django for me, I think. Okay. I, I like, I, I think. I think for me, it's Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill 1. Oh, fucking Kill Bill, too. Uh, so good. Django. And then maybe this. I'm the rare person that I think I like Kill Bill 2 better than 1. I love 2. Because 2 is like the dialogue one. It's like you got the great ending with yep. her at the, at his house yes. and the whole fucking Superman it's, monologue he it's gives. It's so amazing. Yes. It's, it's an amazing. But I love... <sighs> Kill Bill One is sort of this kind of this homage to to Asian filmmaking, sure. kung fu filmmaking, and I love that. And then Kill Bill Two is when all of a sudden, and this is probably the one thing I'll say negative about Tarantino, which is he's been a little too obsessed with the Western recently. Everything he's doing is, a lot of Westerns. Everything shit. has been Westerns, and I would like him to do because I love when he does genre filmmaking. I just wish that he would branch out i would again. love him to get that star trek movie they were talking about Fuck for a while yes why not well to see and you know i thought about that too i would appreciate him more i think or maybe i wouldn't be so burnt out on him if he did pull a robert rodriguez thing like all of a sudden rodriguez does alita yeah like totally something fucking different than yeah. i would have ever expected him to make yep. i'm used to machete and fucking uh dust till dawn yeah um and he goes and makes Alita, and I thought it was great. Yep. So I want to see, you know, I want to see Tarantino do something like that. I have a feeling that's not going to happen. No, with him, though. no. I I love one of my favorite things that will never happen was that Tarantino for a while was working and toying around with doing a Luke Cage movie. That would be perfect. It would have been just amazing. It would be perfect. It, He's perfect for that. Yeah. It yeah. would have been the best fucking thing. Like done thing. in the same like kind of almost black exploitation yes. type way that uh, uh, black Jackie Brown or Jackie whatever Br was done. Yeah, Jackie Brown like meets serious, but still has that feel. Jackie Brown meets Kill Bill, and it would be fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, why not? But uh, yeah, so I I'm going to amend my Tarantino thing because I was kind of the you know the stuffy guy who thinks he's kind of an ass. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say that. All of his movies are worth seeing. Um, you're going to get an experience that's not like many other filmmakers. He's not my favorite. He's not necessarily like I don't put him on this pedestal. Like, I don't think he's a Denis Villeneuve or, a, mm. you know, or a fucking even even Christopher Nolan, dare I say. Oh, I think he's better than Nolan. OK. At this point. I mean, he's never made a movie as good as The Dark Knight, in my opinion. But I know. We can think we I can have disagree. I would say they're on. I would say they're on the same level. But anyways, I do respect his his style. And I will say Hateful Eight is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's good. Movie. I love Reservoir Dogs, but I was just I was blown. I didn't think he could blow me away with mm -hmm. anything. And I the fact that it was that movie mm -hmm. that everybody told me sucked. And then I got really excited for the new one because I was hearing people say it sucked. And I was like, oh, was, oh, does it suck the way the Hateful Eight sucked? Because, and I'm like, no, this is a little different. But I can understand why people love it. I would say I that just, the story of your life happens to be uh, expectations. Yes. Because you were talking about that with uh, another movie recently. I can't remember what it was. But there was one where you're like, I thought this was going to be terrible. And it was great. 
Yeah, it happens. It, it, I think if you think it's terrible, you yeah. have a better chance of enjoying it. I think that's absolutely true. Yes. Except when you see like a Suicide Squad. But, uh, <laughs> shit, we watched. Whoa. Shit, we watched. Uh, yeah, so I have a fun one. Okay. I am through two seasons of Cheers. Ah, <laughs> I've never watched it. Mm -hmm. This is my first experience with it. Uh, Frasier was just introduced a few episodes ago. I'll tell you what I did. What'd you do? I watched all of the Frasier episodes. I Googled all the ones he was in. I watched all of those. Episodes. Really? Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it was great. I loved it. Yeah, he's great. He's, uh, the he's show a little is, different at the is. beginning. That show is really good, though. Like, it's funny because the first thing I thought of was The Office, because mm. every Office episode kind of starts with this, like, cold open. Yeah. Like, uh, it's a random funny scene. Yep. Doesn't necessarily tie into the episode. Yes. I mean, you have things like uh, Kevin bringing his chili in and spilling oh, it, like stuff like that. Yeah. And Cheers has that. Yep. So yep. I'm immediately like, oh, OK. And it's got good characters. They're yep. introduced, like, really well. Um, Norm and Cliff are great. Yep. Uh I like the show. I, I really like it. I don't think it's as good as Frasier, though, so far. I agree. I, I I mean, to me, it's not in the top, and this might be sacrilege for some older TV viewers, it's not in the top sitcoms for me. I mean, it's like, okay, it would be like in the top 10 for sure. Okay. Pro maybe even top five, but it's not top two or three for well, me. Well, it's one of those where it's kind of creating the template that would be used moving forward, sure. and everybody probably does a better job of using that template as time yeah, goes yeah. on. Not everybody. I shouldn't say that. But you know what I mean? Like, It's no home improvement. <laughs> It's no, uh, what's the nerdy, nerdy guy show? A Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, right? certainly. No, but it is very good. I think what it's missing, and this is expectations again, mm. because I'm, I'm going into this as a Frasier first, Cheers second sure. viewer, which is obviously the, the, the yeah. yeah. So I'm going in, uh, Cheer or Frasier had more like emotional heft. Yes. Like there were episodes of Frasier that were genuinely like wealth really like made you almost cry. Yes. The Cheers tr does that in like every episode. There's like some little touching bullshit at the end. Yeah. But it never has any weight to it. Um, I'll tell you the thing I. OK, one love Carla. Yes, she's, she's great. She's one of my favorite characters. Can't get behind da Diane. No, not a big Diane fan. She's she, just a she's a nuisance. She drags down the whole show because she's an irritating character. Yes. Purposely written irritating. Purposely. Yep. Yes. Yep. You can do something on purpose and it's still not. And it work. doesn't work for everyone. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. The, it's another one of those shows, though. I feel like the side characters are great. Like Coach, the old dude who is the bartender yes. is great. Yep. I haven't gotten to Woody yet, but I'm really oh, excited man. for Woody Harrelson. Woody. It's great. That's what I hear. Yeah. He's great. He's but, great. Uh, and fucking, like I said, Norman Cliff. Cliff, you know, uh, uh, Norma. And he's like that guy at the bar who just knows a ton of useless information about yes. everything. He's 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 pretty he's damn funny. fucking great. He's so good. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, yeah. I, so far I'm enjoying it. I will continue this journey and I will keep everyone posted on how it goes. I'm sure it takes a dive. Okay. Like Kirstie Alley years, I'm expecting it to really take a dive. That's my guess. But well, we'll stick with um, kind of sitcomy kind of stuff. Okay, I watched Glow season three, and uh, it started out with two of the worst episodes of the series. Okay, 
it found its footing eventually. It's still a great show because the actresses are or actors are great. Um, they're in Vegas this time because their show got picked up for a night. I have to renewal. watch this one, so be careful. This is on my list. I just okay. never. The ending, the very last scene is something that bothers me because it felt contrived. It They needed a character to do something. So you've got a hook for next season. But for me, it I understand why they were writing the character to do the thing that they did. But it was so self-defeating that it does not feel real. Okay. Um I mean, this, t- you know, I- I'm somebody who's gotten in my way more times than I've helped myself in my life. And I still can't possibly understand why somebody would do what this character did. So it breaks any logic. That the- yes. Yeah. Um, I hate that. Yeah. It 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 otherwise because it's like eight episode season. Otherwise, six of those episodes are good to great. OK, so I recommend it. So oh, better than dark. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, uh, I will say this. They added more boobs this season and it felt completely unnecessary and over the top. I mean, that sounds like a plus to me. I mean, you know, if that's what you're watching it for, sure. But to me, it felt like it reeked of desperation. Please watch our show. We have boobs. And I'm like, dude, but you've got great characters. I mean, now I'm going to tune in tonight. <laughs> Just skip to season three. It sounds like. There, there. I think there are. Yeah, there's some. There's some in episode season one, episode one. I think All if right. I remember correctly. Anyways, we can get off. Boobs. So watch the first episode and then skip to season three. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else do you have? Uh, let's see. Well, I went and saw a couple more movies. Sure. Um, I saw Ready or Not. Yeah. I did, did you not. see it? No, I did not. Oh, it's good. Okay. Yeah, it was a really fun time. It's what everybody's telling me. It's just a blast. I'm seeing it. Yeah, that one. And what else did I see? Oh, I saw. Uh, so, yeah, that one is like hilariously funny, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, all the, the performances I thought were good. It was weird to see Andy McDowell play a character that I didn't want to punch in the face because mm. I don't like Andy McDowell. Yeah. She's the boring. Uh, 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 what's the Groundhog Day? Uh, yeah. Multiplicity. Yeah. She yeah. just makes me want to go to sleep. But sorry, Andy. Wow, it's harsh. Yeah, she was good in this though, and uh, that that Henry Cerny guy who was like the guy chasing down Tom Cruise in the original Mission Impossible, he's great in this. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Hugo Weaving's niece is the main character. Oh, uh, she was good. Uh, very good screamer, horror screamer. By the way, she mm. really. She, she really she nails really the scream queen thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I was impressed. But the movie's fun. It's kind of a comedy slash horror. Really fun time. Has things to say about like, you know, uh, you know, kind of these patriarchal families, um, rich people, whatever, creatively mm. told. Um, but yeah, that's a fun one. Um, and then the other one I saw was the peanut butter falcon. Oh, yes. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. I don't know what he did exactly to lose his career for the most part, but he's really fucking good. And he's great in this, too. He did that really weird thing where he like he did a traveling show where he went to museums and told people to make fun of him or something. He's a weirdo, I think. But 
But yeah, have you heard? Do you know anything about this movie? I know that it, it has a real mentally challenged person, yes. autistic person, Down in syndrome, it. Down syndrome. Yep. Uh, and they're they're the real actor. I did see the trailer. I thought it looked really great. It is good. Like very good. Uh, but yeah, basically this kid, uh, this, this, he's, he's in an old folks home cause they don't know what else to do with him. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, what's her name? Dakota Johnson is kind of like his caretaker at the old folks home. Mm-hmm. He wants to break out and go to a wrestling school. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he's, he, the kid was great. Shia LaBeouf though is great. He's going to be in my. My little my little best actor group at the end of the year, I think. Wow. He was really good. And it's touching, but without being like overly uh like this is us ish, like that, uh, that really manipulative right. yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um so it's kinda like a it's like a light tear jerker, which is what real life is usually like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just because something's touching doesn't make mean it makes you want to go throw yourself off of a fucking building. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, it has yeah. that. Um, yeah. Great movie. Great little movie. I loved it. Thought it was great. I'll right. give that an A minus. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, those are both movies I plan on checking out. So I guess everybody else should check those out too. Yes. Um, I'm just going to keep with my Netflix viewing. I watched and I'm not finished with it. I have, I think, one episode left. Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Okay. Um, oh, do you want you have one that one left? Yeah. Okay, I'm excited to hear how this is without spoilers. Uh, yeah. So I really dug the shit out of the beginning. Okay. Uh, you know, you don't see this kind of craft anymore. Sure. This magical world. The the music in it is usually very beautiful. Um, and then the story kind of meanders. And then you kind of realize that the characters don't really have arcs. And then you realize that they get things. It's it's one of the worst things about fantasy movies in that people magically get a thing or learn a thing. And it's not due to a choice or a character. It's not hinged on choices or character growth. Okay. It's just magically gifted. Got it. And things feel unearned because of that. Also, there's sort of like this. The, so the Skeksis are the bad guys in it. The big bird people. Bird people, right. There's no real logic as to why the people who are afraid of them should really be afraid of them and not be able to take them on. They're slow. They're lumbering. They're idiots. They're not shown to be good warriors. Okay. And there's like seven of them. Like, it's not like they And have, for some reason, they're like this terrifying. Th- there's this terrifying force that nobody can take them down. They're oppressing literally multiple races of beings on the planet. But they're like seven dudes who like kind of hobble around and like fight no, each other. puppets, Alex. I know. I don't give a shit. Actually, those ones are real people in suits. Oh, now, they okay. are being puppeteered like the parts sure, of the yeah. mouths. But they're they're people there um so that's why they dominate us because they're people <laughs> against these puppets yeah yeah that's but why. overall is it worth watching i'm starting to think not wow i i really, I've heard good things about this one it really fell off a cliff for me oh that stinks um i really enjoyed the first i want to say three four episodes though and then it just it just no it boobs just, then it just i take it no boobs yeah none. see that's none that's of those the key. puppet boobs that's the key. That's what the people wanted. <laughs> you know, I mean, Team America all over again. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Uh, I watched um, a a highly uh, beloved critical darling of this year. Sure. One of the, the, the most highly touted, Book Smart. Oh, good. Book Smart. I'm glad one Olivia, of us finally saw Olivia it. Olivia Wilde uh, directed it. Um, it's, yeah, you know, I hate to do this because it's how it's been described. Okay. And it's just, it feels like a cop out to just call it this, but it's like super bad with girls. Oh, really? But okay. it is. It's very much that. Um, some of the stuff worked for me. I didn't like the, I liked the soundtrack. I liked the music in the movie, but it's like you're pumping music onto us the whole fucking movie. Like there's a lot of mm. loud music um i sound like such a crotchety old old <laughs> asshole but it's a very touching movie it's okay. funny okay the two leads um are very good i believe one of the leads was the friend in uh the movie uh ladybird which i thought was the best movie two years ago okay um yeah i i would recommend it i'd give it a, a b I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I didn't think it was the greatest fucking thing ever. I don't know how people think it was the greatest thing ever, mm. um, but it was good. I enjoyed it more from Olivia Wilde as a director. I would I would be happy to see more of her movies. Cool. Um, but well, that's, yeah. that's a good thing. Uh, I started watching You Lent Me Firefly like months and months ago the show the show okay you still have that yeah all right did you so, watch it i watched the first three episodes okay it is really low budget like, oh yeah it's like old i mean school fox like i mean yeah like holy shit like i don't think it okay it puts you in that mindset of like kids don't realize what they have today kind of it's mindset true. because like show like they go to a fucking like shipping yard and they just put like tarps over like oh yeah shipping it's, containers it's very like sci-fi channel feeling it's yeah. very low budget um the characters are pretty likable um it's kind the this theme song made me laugh oh come on you don't like that theme song it just you like, can't take the sky from me yeah come they, on they, they lay it on so thick of like the, oh, the space so cowboy thing oh it's so good i mean it's it's almost it. it's okay it's not even almost it is like intentionally like hilarious i feel um but i like the ideas about it more than the execution so far it's kind of one of those things that because it is low budget you have to sort of fill in the gaps a little bit on your own that's where I'm at. Um, Mal's great. Uh, the Nathan main character, Fillion Nathan Fillion. Uh, How he's never really had like the biggest career is I know. beyond he's me. He's super likable. He He's great. I mean, he's got friends. He's friends with both Joss Whedon, who is the writer and creator of this show. Right. And he's great friends with James Gunn, who are like big time directors. How like how is he's he just on not Castle? that guy? He's not. He's not that it's that wrong. Type. It's, it's 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 wrong. <laughs> he is really good. He's got a lot of charisma. He does. Yeah. He does. Uh, and those characters are there's a few. I like Adam Baldwin. He's kind of like the dumb brute. Uh, and then there's like the nerdy dude, the pilot guy, the pilot guy. I like, I like that actor, uh, yeah. Alan Tudyk or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's got uh, uh, Vanessa from Deadpool is the prostitute character. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And she's good. Uh, yep. She's kind of annoying, but she's good. Uh, the one I like gets... all the characters except for the doctor guy, or I think he's a doctor who has the sister. 
Yes. He's a, he's, he annoys me. He's not the greatest actor either. No. And that was kind of the thing, too, is like there are some really great actors on this and there are some not so great actors. So I've been told, like, this is one of the greatest sci fi series of all time. It's a tragedy. It was taken off the air. So I will be interested to see if I get to that point by the end of the series. But right now I'm like, it's pretty good. It's OK. Oh, come on. Like, I, you, you just don't tell anyone that if you if you finish the series and you go, well, the thing that sucks is it didn't get a real finish. Right. First of all, although it did get a movie. Yep. Which I, is good. I watched the movie. You've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. I saw the movie before I ever saw the show, too, actually. Um, Farscape. Did you ever see Farscape? No. I loved Farscape. Now, okay. I have no idea if it meandered off into garbage. I only watched like the first three seasons. Sure. But that was a one that I really enjoyed. Okay. So you can shit on that next week. I mean, I'm not going to go watch Farscape. Oh, so, okay. I mean. Fine. I'll just, I'll go and buy it and lend it to you. And you when, can watch it in three you months. Find, find me the, uh, the, the, the massive groups of fans who are begging to have Farscape brought back after its awful cancellation. Uh, I mean, well, it was a series that actually warranted multiple oh. seasons. <laughs> so, watch. Hey, hey, he knows not what he says, people. <laughs> us, us Firefly fans. We'll see if I, I forget. Become there's one. a name for Firefly fans, and I can't remember what they're called. There's Fire, like a name. Firefighters. No, whatever they like call the crew. I believe. Oh, okay. Like, uh, like coppers, brown coats, brown coats, brown baby. Coats. I think it's brown coats because, mm. because you know, Mal wears a brown coat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what else do you have? Do you have anything else? Uh, I think I do. I have a uh, a couple horror movies. First one was called Madman. Mm. Um, this is a slasher from the eighties about Madman Mars, and basically these people at a campfire say his name. <laughs> I, I was just—I I was gonna say, like, this sounds like There's a special people, recipe this, of awful. This guy tells a story about this madman who like murdered his family or something at like a campfire. He's at a camp. There's only one kid there, and the rest are counselors at the fire when he's telling the story. <laughs> That's a really unsuccessful. Fucking so he camp. tells the story. And he says, but if you say his name, he'll come, you know, blah, blah, mm. blah, Madman Mars. And somebody does it, of course, tempts fate. So the rest of the movie is this Madman Mars character who he's wearing some sort of like prosthetics. He's kind of a monster, kind of not. Mm. But he is going around killing people in the forest at the camp. Just like Mr. Jason Voorhees, yeah. Uh, there's some creative kills. In okay. It. There's one uh, where someone's hanging their head into like an engine block in a car, and he jumps on the hood and <laughs> and decapitates a woman. All right, that's uh, fun. There's a good hanging in it. Actually, oh, everybody loves a good hanging. A, a nice solid hanging, but it is terrible. Yeah, it sounds. It terrible. has a great, great theme song though. Oh, okay. Great. Like in the way that you're picturing like this epic like theme song. It's not that, but it's fantastic for what it is. Okay. Uh, the other one I watched was actually a great movie. It was called The Changeling. I've 
heard of this, I think. It is a haunted house movie from the 80s. Um, and it stars George C. Scott, Mr. Like at Twilight of his career. Um, and basically it's it's a pretty standard haunted house movie. He moves his family's killed. He moves to a haunted house or a ha- house. He doesn't know it's haunted. It doesn't say haunted house on the front, but he moves into this big mansion in like Seattle um, and he starts to hear voices, ghostly things, and he's trying to discover what this ghost wants. It's got your like seance scene, mm-hmm. probably one of the creepier seance scenes I've ever seen, like a very well executed, like I might version have to see this. of that. Very, and it's weird because the movie, there's no jump scares. There's no real effects in this. It's kind of just a slow burn, like mm. character driven, interesting movie. I thought it was really good. Um, yeah. So I would recommend that. I would recommend that. And this is one that I tried to start watching a few times. Um, it's on Shutter, And uh, I just wasn't in the mood to watch it. But mm-hmm. then when I finally did like sit down and, you know, oh, I got nothing to do to today. Do, yeah. I'm going to watch this movie yep. finally. Um, yeah, I would give it a, uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it an A minus. A huh? couple A minuses today. Uh, Madman's getting a D minus. Okay. Okay. But uh, I finally talking about things that you lent me that uh, needed to be watched. We could have a whole episode. We are pretty much getting there. Uh, (laughs) I finally watched The Witch. Okay. And Um, I'm very intrigued by your thoughts on this, by the way. I thought, one, I think this is a great sort of like the, the, the... the pacing is fantastic. Okay. The the mood is fantastic. The visuals are fantastic. The performances are fantastic. Um, the only thing that kind of took me out of the movie was the very ending. Okay. Like uh, the very ending. The, the very ending. Yeah. Um, and spoilers yeah. on this. I would give it. God, this it's tough because like. So okay, there no spoilers right at the beginning. The family gets kicked out of like the colony that they're in. Yes. And then they go out and they go out and they look out in the woods. And it does this thing that just, it made me laugh and it took me out of the movie right away, which was it plays this like tone, like, okay. Uh, right. When it goes out and sure. you just look at the woods, you're like, ooh, something's it's the out woods. there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God, this, okay. Okay. That, that was, and I'll probably stick to that. That was over the top. Okay. Um, but then the movie really starts dragging me in. And really drags me in. And the performances but, are awesome in it. Great. Yeah. Even great. the little creepy kids like yes. running, oh. And by the end, I'm so on board with the movie that when spoilers <laughs> on and off. When the goat talks. That's my favorite scene in the I'm movie. I'm kind of like, all right. It just it sounded silly. Oh, see, no way. And, that, and, and, uh, you're talking about when he like takes human form and walks kind of around yeah, the room, yeah. right? And he's saying, you know, yeah, yeah. join me for the... But he's got like, a, like he still hasn't fully formed his vocal cords. So he's still like, oh. he's got oh. like a breathy kind of voice. Oh, you're killing me. And like, that was fine. I kind of liked that idea of like, if you're going to do that, that was a okay. nice way to make it creepy. But for me, it took me out of the movie because I was like, well... Now we've just gone into full fantasy. Yeah, but we already did that earlier in the movie. We did with with the witch. Right. We did. We did. That's what um, I think is interesting about the movie is like you totally it it starts re- from the beginning. You're like, okay, this is going to be one of those where we wonder. Yeah. And it is not one of those within like twenty five or thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
oh, yeah. like, oh, this is real. Yep. So I don't have to worry about that. Yep. I do need to worry about the effect that that witch will have on their sanity, yeah. the family. Yep. But I don't need to play that game of is the witch real or not? Yes. Which I thought was kind of a, a nice touch for a movie like this, because while I like that kind of, you know, thought process, I did appreciate the fact that I didn't have to worry about that. It was nice because... We've actually gotten to the point where that was kind of like the interesting thing to do in movies. Sure, yeah. And now that's not the no. interesting thing to do. Right. And it's nice that we just kind of had like a straight thing. And that's why I sort of get what they were going for. But I didn't love the ending. What did you think of like the very ending when she goes off and, you know, and she joins the witches or whatever, and joins the witches. Yeah, that was I mean, that it kind of goes into the whole like, OK, well, I. I get where we're going now. I sort of like at that point, I feel like I'm just biding my time because like, okay. because I, I knew she was accepting this new lifestyle. Right. So it's just kind of over. I that's funny because the first time I saw it, I felt a little bit let down. I watched it again and I thought it was great. Yeah. It's one of those weird movies. Love the father. Yeah. Father is my favorite. Once you start he, to learn uh, like his dialect and be able because at the beginning oh when God. the movie started, I couldn't understand a fucking word anybody was saying. He's got one of the deepest voices in like human history. God. Yeah. The whole cast is good. Yes. The uh, mother, the, the father, mom. Anya Taylor-Joy is Anya great. Anya Taylor-Joy is she really has kind of cemented herself as being like one of like. She's kind of like the new it girl for me as she far as hollow, uh, like Hollywood. It was her and that other girl in the Thoroughbreds, but that that other girl just hasn't had enough work right. for me to she's look into. Too. Yeah, but uh, but goddamn, she's good. But the dad, he is in. Uh, he's one of the Skeksis in the new uh, 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 Dark Crystal. Oh, really? I could yeah. see him in Dark Crystal. Oh, I and, could just uh, the the actor just makes sense. For and Dark Mark Crystal. Hamill's in it. They actually kind of have oh. a star studded cast. Actually, <laughs> Anya, Anya Taylor Joy is in it too. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's basically a sequel to The Witch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, really i i I loved aspects, but the ending was the thing that dragged it down because that'll it, happen in a movie too. And you know, it's funny though when you're critiquing a movie and that ending thing happens. How much do you hold that against the movie or right. how much do you hold it against your own taste in it's, that ending? It's you know almost, what I mean? It's almost better to start a movie off Rocky and end on a great note because it's the thing that people remember. Right. Because that's why, I mean, you look at the way that I reviewed that movie. I'm like, it's great. It's fantastic. I, it's, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. But and you know, the bomb is coming yeah, at the end. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, I feel myself doing that in a conversation. And I'm like, well, this is kind we of, we should do an episode on endings, bored and annoyed with endings, because I do think that's an interesting question because I have hated endings, but I understand that I hate them. So I yeah. almost can't hold it against the movie Yeah, because it's my own personal hatred of it. My own taste. Somebody else might think it's the greatest fucking ending ever right like i and then there's endings that i love that people hate right like i always think of the gray like i think the gray has a fantastic fucking ending the, the problem with the gray's ending is that we are marketed liam neeson fights a wolf okay we were marketed that so movie. it's expectations those tricky expectations yes well the problem is is you just don't put the last shot of in your, your movie in your trailer that's just a horrible idea uh God, amazing spider-man too. great ending though Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, the rhino. That was a great ending. 
that I am is inspiring to what an ending that was. But yeah, I mean, yeah, well, does that about do it for another week of Bored and Annoyed, or yeah, do you got does. one more? Nope. Uh, no, no, I, I don't. All I, right. Well, It Chapter 2 this weekend. Get pumped. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm so ready. I was born ready. Mm-hmm. I was bored of the darkness. So yeah, pretty much almost everything we talked about tonight are recommendations. Pretty almost, much. Almost, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the summer slump is over. I mean, now we're into fall, so... Yeah. Things are turning around again. Go, go Lions. Go Packers. Go Pack Go tomorrow. Yeah. Fuck you, Bears. By the way, you can edit out that I ever used Go Pack Go in a sentence, please. I appreciate nope, that. That's going to how, that's how every episode is ending. <laughs> Cut it in. Yep. 